Hello and welcome to Basel Tov, the courage and creativity of ADHD. I'm Jen. I'm Ellen. And I'm Annette. And today we've got a real interesting topic, uh, one that's been in the news a bit lately and has been a problem for actually a really long time, literally decades. Um, It is the faking of ADHD as a disorder, (laughs) as a whole ass problem. Mm-hmm. So if you're if you've got ADHD out there and you're anything like me, you're probably wondering why in the fuck would someone want to do that? <laughs> Pretend to have ADHD cuz why would why would somebody want to be neurodivergent in a neurotypical world? It is really really uncomfortable. It's like it's unbearable for some of us sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. why would anybody want to fake this? So we've got a lot of information about why that is, what that does to neurotypical people, what it does to neurodivergent people, the consequences of all this stuff, and of course, why it's happening. So, um, and we've got some really great, Annette's got some really great statistics about all this stuff. It's really fascinating. So I believe um, one of the big reasons that people <laughs> that people would fake ADHD symptoms is to get the drugs. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's like, you know, one of the obvious one of the more obvious ones. I remember going to um, undergrad and having people talking about buying pills off of other people, professors talking about it, talking about um using them as essentially study aids or testing aids for when finals came along. And, um, you know, they were trying to do something about it on campus. And that was, you know, geez, over a decade ago that I was hearing about that kind of thing. So I know that it's been a real problem for a long time. But um, Annette, you were saying that it's become so common that it's like a one in four thing. Well, when I was talking, when I was thinking about doing this topic, I had come across an article, an NBC article that said uh, one in every four adults are faking ADHD who are diagnosed with ADHD. And it says wow. um, 22% of adults in the study, in a study that they had done, claimed they suffered from attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and tried to skew the test results to make their symptoms look worse, according to a new report based on the medical records of 268 patients and published in the Journal of Clinical Neuropsychologist. So, so they got uh, these people I, to admit that they lied on the test, basically? Yeah, pro- well, I mean, I guess so. I, I think that I think that it's really hard to keep up uh, a lie for your entire life if you're not ADHD and you are seeking it for, uh, you know, prescriptive purposes. Once you're not, if you become addicted to it, it's obvious that you don't have ADHD. I mean, that is a clear sign that you do not have ADHD. If you become addicted to Adderall or Ritalin Mm -hmm. or any of the other stimulant drugs, you know, amphetamines that, you know, are prescribed for ADHD, it's pretty clear that you don't have ADHD. I mean, here is your mm-hmm. sign. And so yeah. I think that this problem basically stems from the fact that, you know, to diagnose ADHD, as we know, because we've all struggled 
to even get our own diagnosis, but it was more readily prescribed and, you know, methamphetamines, amphetamines were given to people a long time ago who just said they couldn't focus or they were tired or, uh, you know, suffered from that kind of a thing and they gave them superpowers basically. But then with ADHD, you know, uh, there's still a lot unknown about ADHD and how do you properly diagnose someone? And it depends on what clinic you go to. It depends on, is that person an expert in ADHD or are they not? And just because you have a medical pad that you can write a prescription on doesn't mean that you actually know what to look for. And I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a doctor, and uh, he was saying that, you know, people had come in seeking medications or things like that in a clinic that he had worked in. But he himself, as a physician, is not specifically trained in what to look for for ADHD. And so if you have that kind of system, then, you know, gaming the system, if you fake your symptoms and Come, you know, for better or for worse, guys, there's so much more information going around the internet these days about ADHD and what the symptoms are and what to look for, which is helpful mm-hmm. for those of us who were never diagnosed and always thought that there was something wrong with us and the shame that came with that to kind of go, oh, oh, well, maybe I should go get that checked out. But on the other side, it's also information for people who are seeking drugs. Yeah. And there's no way to tell. There's no way for a doctor to just physically examine someone and say, yep, they've got ADHD. It just all depends on what the patient tells them. So if they know exactly all the right things to say, you know, the I mean, doctors, you know, they're going to believe them most of the time, I imagine, you know, but yeah. Although sometimes they refuse start refusing to prescribe altogether and that's one of the one of the unfortunate um, consequences for people with adhd and it's a prime example of what's happening in my area right now where there's a shortage of mental health care so it can take you a year to a year and a half to even get yourself a counselor around here you can go in for um, psychological testing however where you basically sit down with a piece of paper and fill out a short assessment. And if your answers in the little boxes seem to match an ADHD diagnosis, then they'll diagnose you. However, they don't have a clinical history with you. So this Mm -hmm. is how people have been gaming the system is seeking out these little inventory tests and then being like, oh, look, I've got ADHD because they know all the right answers. Mm -hmm. And um, it's made doctors around this area extremely hesitant to prescribe any kind of ADHD medication, not just stimulants, but non-stimulants too. Wow. So they, so once somebody says my son or daughter has ADHD, or I think I have ADHD, you instantly get like this look like, oh, really? You know, mm-hmm. like it's almost like, well, prove it. Um, and when one of my kids needed to re-up their ADHD medication and we had to go to a new doctor in our new town, it was like I had to show proof, letterhead proof from the counselors that we've been working with that he's been diagnosed for as long as he has been. Mm-hmm. So like 
it was I had to jump through hoops, even though we already have a diagnosis, even though his ADHD is legit and you can tell yeah. <laughs> um, you, you we still had to jump through a bunch of loop uh, of uh, of whole of hoops just to just to get his medication re-prescribed. And I had kind of a back and forth initially with my own physician about it and, until yeah. she was like, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll trust you this time and we'll see how your behavior goes. But also we're seeking non-stimulants. So it's a little easier for us to get it. Yeah. That was my um, experience too. It just depends so much on the healthcare provider, specifically who they are, their experience. Yeah. You know, I had one psychiatrist that, uh, I remember I just uh, mentioned to her, you know, maybe it'd be good for me to try uh, a medication for my ADHD. And she was like, hmm, it's really concerning to me that you're asking about pills. And I was just like, uh, what? Uh -oh. I, I thought that's how we treated this shit. Like, what else <laughs> am I supposed to do? You know, they don't really have a yeah. lot of tips on diet and exercise or, you know, lifestyle adjustments. So why else are we here? I thought we were here to talk about pills. But you know, right. finally, the, the third psychiatrist I went to, I finally clicked with and she was like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. You, you, what do you want to try? You know, <laughs> so, yeah, um, I think yeah. you just it's it's so hard and frustrating to go through doctor after doctor if you're or, or, you know, if you're looking for therapy, it's hard to find a good therapist that you click with, too. But I think that's just normal. It just takes a while sometimes. Yeah, and I have a theory that uh, this could be wrong, but I do have a theory that people who are seeking uh, medica ADHD medications for recreational use, for academic use, yeah. I think they tend to go through general practitioners more than they, or clinics, rather than going through an actual psychiatrist. Oh, yeah, that because makes sense. Yeah. I mm -hmm. also... I have a, I have another friend who is a psychiatrist and I was asking my friend about, you know, this topic too. And my friend said, it's actually much easier to spot people who are seeking it for uh, recreational use because they tend to, to score higher on ADHD evaluations. Oh, so they're oh, like boy. their ADHD looks worse than it is or, you yeah know, they make it, it look worse be. like it's like too bad like too unbelievable yeah oh yeah that stinks because then somebody like me who legitimately has really bad ADHD, <laughs> <laughs> they're like not gonna believe yeah, <laughs> that i even fuck? have it because it's too but bad I think, but i think you have a lot us. of I think you also have a lot of uh nonverbal behaviors that a, a psychiatrist can look at and be like you oh yeah, yeah so oh, I don't yeah. think I don't think you have to worry <laughs> about that uh no. but yeah it ADHD was really interesting if there were more ADHD yeah. specialists then they'd be able to see through that and realize you know mm -hmm. hmm, I think this person has something else going on yeah yeah yeah, we were getting my my daughter like it, it was her first appointment and getting evaluated and she's got her second one coming up here like next week. And on on her first run, the the psychologist doing the inventory was just watching her and and she's acting, you know, just like I did when I was her age. Mm -hmm. and, and he's watching her and he's like, he's like, so you're mo you move around a lot. She's like, no, I'm just feeling a little lazy today. And he goes, this is lazy. <laughs> and like, that's funny. So, yeah, it was just, it was really funny how it came out. But yeah, like, so there are some of us who have bad ADHD that if you're an ADHD specialist like he is, he, 
you know, can see it right away. And if, mm-hmm. uh, if you're just sitting there, you know, without any of the verbal or nonverbal signs of ADHD, then mm-hmm. you're obviously going to be, um, up the creek if you're scoring yeah. super high. <laughs> I don't know how it is now, but I think for a while there were a few companies where you could get an ADHD diagnosis online and maybe they're still available. Oh. Yeah, but I wonder Oh my god. I wonder that, if that sounds like a terrible horrifying. idea. Well, yeah, I know. I mean, I I understand like, you know, after the pandemic we kind of needed to like all meet on Zoom and not in person, but it's still, I, I, so I, I think some of those may have been shut down, but well, and I, yeah, I think anybody who gives wow. you, I think anybody who gives you an ADHD diagnosis on one appointment is also full of themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You really have to see repetitive <clears throat> behaviors in people to be able to recognize the patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, you know, we do, we mask and that's, that's one thing to look out for, but also it's really difficult for neurotypical people to mask as an ADHD person <laughs> yeah. for long periods mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. This mask took me decades to curate. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fake my it's condition hard. just That's by right. trying for a week. <laughs> they, they think they can just throw it's together a mask. That's right. Yeah. 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 There's this paper mache. Ours is like crafted porcelain. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was my, yep. my family, exactly. my family doctor that I had known for about four years, I think she was the one that first was like, mm, I've known you long enough to think that, uh, you might have some ADHD going on here, but she wanted me to see a psychiatrist just to get a second opinion. But yeah, she herself was very confident in that diagnosis. So she didn't want to prescribe me meds though. And she's, you know, just a general practitioner. So, but it sounds like a lot of GPs mm -hmm. are, are prescribing ADHD meds and maybe that's, I hope not part of the problem. Yeah. I don't, or clinics, you know, plus it sucks too with the (laughs) shortage. There's that shortage now on Adderall and, and I, I know a lot of the drugs yeah. and it's like, God, the people that really need this to survive and sh- function in their daily lives are who's struggling. And yeah, they're up. not getting their medication because somebody wants to cheat on a test yeah. <laughs> or, you know, cheat their studying routine so that they can pack more into a shorter period of time or just to get high and escape their normal reality. Mm-hmm. You know, if if that's what you need to do, then you need to go to a psychologist or counselor to address, you know, the potential depression you're looking at for wanting a stimulant. Um, because you you can tell what people's um, what people's mental conditions may be simply by looking at what they're addicted to. Yeah. People with depression usually go for uppers and stimulants. People who have anxiety usually go for for uh, depressives like alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um so it's I agree with that. Mm-hmm. However, I think that uh, the majority of people who at least young people who are abusing Adderall and uh Ritalin they're doing it for academic purposes, I'm sure, because mm-hmm. uh, t- talking to yeah. a friend of mine who had tried their wife's 
ADHD medication to see what it did to a neurotypical person, gave me a little bit of feedback into this and basically described it as being in the, in the matrix. And <laughs> it's like your brain opens up and you can, you, you can focus really well and you can get more information and you can hold more information. And people who are going to uh, really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Hmm. Uh, competitive competitive mm. academic yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah they're in a you know co- competitive yeah. academic program that makes sense. it gives them the edge mm-hmm. and so it i don't think that it's necessarily <laughs> depression that's driving some people to use it maybe the majority of young people to use it i think that they mm-hmm. are using it for uh you know, performance as a performance enhancer, just like steroids for athletes. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I don't think that the young people using it for academic enhancement are depressed. I probably didn't say that clearly enough. What I meant is if you if you feel like you need it to, like, get yourself up and get the energy, like Mm -hmm. if you're if you are trying to stimulate, um, like, you know, just, I guess, normalcy and escaping your reality of being like, you know, down lower. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't really need it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're just kind of apathetic and low energy and, and, you know, possibly not feeling so great, then maybe look into depression instead um, of taking some, a medicine that's not for a condition that possibly could need to be treated. Yeah. Or um, like, you know, it would just be a better idea. I overall. mean, what about caffeine? You know, why are these guys taking Adderall? Caffeine. You know, what about good old fashioned caffeine? Go get a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Go grab a mocha frappuccino or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Extra shot. Yeah. That's all we had um, back then. Well, no, I guess there were there were pills. I don't know. I, I, I went to a pretty boring college. There were no pills being passed around or anything, anything <laughs> that you know <laughs> of. That, yeah, that I know of. Exactly. I wasn't I wasn't running with those crowds, but. Yeah. yeah. I heard I people talking about how they could make 50 bucks a pill oh. on their Adderall. Wow. So you get a whole prescription. That's a $400 bottle right there. Oh my God. And I've had bottles of my own Adderall when I used to take it stolen. So wow. I know that it's a valuable substance to some people who are looking to sell it. And that's that's another uh, motivator for some people to fake ADHD, I would bet you, is the financial boon of dealing it out pill by pill and grabbing 50 bucks a pill. Yeah. Wow. Because that's like an extra 400 bucks a month that they could make for doing like nothing. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, <laughs> I'm already unmedicated. I need to get on this. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I know, right? Like, what is this? I'm Can already used to a money. life on. Yeah, I'm already used to a life unmedicated. So, wow, if know. that's really how much they sell for, man, that, that's a, I understand. It's not life. exactly the quick way to millions, yeah. no, but no, <laughs> it's, no. But, you know, yeah. a little extra. <laughs> People wanting to make cash yeah. on the side, yeah. Ugh. Well, but just and stop it's, doing um, that. It's not right. Yeah. And here are the statistics on young people who are abusing uh, stimulants. Hmm. So in 2020, they found that 4.4% of all high school seniors are abusing stimulant medications hmm. that were not prescribed hmm. to them. 4.4? Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, that was, I'm sorry. 4.4% 4. 
was Adderall. Mm. 1.7% was Ritalin. Mm. Mm. And okay. of of the people who are pers- who are abusing prescription medications, uh, 60% of them said that they got it from a friend or a relative. Mm. Wow. So it's and that's with the youth. Um, adults is quite quite a bit lower than uh, young people. That's only two point one percent of adults are abusing mm-hmm. stimulant medications um, mm. by survey. But the the other thing that I had read is I, I've read stories about neurotypical kids who are going to the competitive Ivy League universities. They start abusing. Uh, stimulants to help them study and to get ahead in school. But because they don't have ADHD, it becomes addictive to them. Mm. And then the addiction takes over and a lot of them aren't even able to finish university or anything because of their, they become addicted to it. So when we're sitting there saying, yeah, it turns your brain into a matrix. If you're neurotypical, do not take that drug. Yeah. Do not take that medicine. Like it will mess it's with dangerous. you. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. It is addictive for you. Mm-hmm. It is not a good idea to try it to see if you can uh, enhance your performance. That's, Plus, it, something that people don't think of is the fact that it messes with your heart rate and your blood pressure. So a lot of times people who are on stimulants for ADHD also need blood blood pressure medication to stabilize their blood pressure Mm. and heart rate. So, um, I, the, the person who stole my medication after it was consumed and it all came to light what happened that person ended up who was who was quite young ended up going in for heart problems <gasps> they essentially gave themselves a a very early heart problem Whoa. and there you go you know, because they were using it without consulting a doctor or any kind of medical professional oh. they were taking however much they thought they wanted to take um and which may have been way too yeah. much because I mean, not the people who take <laughs> Ritalin and, and Adderall, they need different doses. Mm-hmm. So right. some persons, there's somebody out there who might need like a huge high dose that would be unheard of for the next person that would basically like explode their hmm. heart. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's another thing. And especially be careful with this if you happen to be on a sports team. Because taking stimulant medication and overindulging in that medication when you already play sports is a great way to have a sudden, like a heart attack or some kind of aneurysm while you're doing your sporting uh. event. And just, I, I've actually, when I, when I was younger and, and um, participating in sports, there have been a few stories of athletes that would just keel over wow. right during games. Damn. Yep. Not so, worth it. Yeah. Don't and it, it sucks. Just. Yeah, no, not worth it. All medications. Caffeine is your friend when you need to focus. Caffeine is your friend. Caffeine (laughs) in and of itself also has health risks, and so like it's not even. You know, you basically what you're doing is you're taking the health risks of caffeine and you're multiplying it by like a thousand. Yeah. You know, basically that's what the risks are for taking a stimulant medication, and um, Mm. 
<laughs> you know, uh, the one of the biggest reasons that I am unmedicated. I mean, I've talked about not being medicated quite a few times. You know, I could mm -hmm. go to a psychologist here in Japan. I could seek medication. One of the biggest reasons I don't is because my dad had a massive heart attack when he was 36 years old. Mm -hmm. And heart, heart disease runs in my family. And it terrifies me of putting myself at any risk for a high, you know, a heightened risk for a heart attack for something that I don't necessarily need Like I don't need it to function. Right. People with ADHD that need it to function. Mine is not that severe. Yeah. Where I'm at right now, yeah. I'm currently unmedicated. I do have a prescription for uh Concerta, which is like Ritalin, I think. But since my pharmacy was out, my doctor was talking about doing Focalin. But um, I've been actually, uh, I, I, I think I talked about this on here maybe, but I've been um, microdosing with mushrooms, actually, and uh, actually a bunch of different mushrooms. So that's kind of the latest phase <laughs> I'm in, because especially with the shortage, too, you know, my, my regular pharmacy was actually out of it last month. They called me and they said, we don't know when we're going to get it in again. And so that's when I decided, like you know, I don't feel like this stuff is helping me enough that I want to take it every day anyway, you know, because even though the side effects weren't really that noticeable, I just couldn't help but think like, you know, what what is this pill doing to me that I'm not aware of? And is it really changing my life that much? Like, no, not really. And, you know, maybe I could have played around with getting a higher dose, but I don't know. I just had this thought like, I want to try try a different approach right now so yeah i'm i'm currently un unmedicated myself and with me yeah. i have extreme symptoms my my symptoms are very bad and not only that i have secondary depression and and some measure of secondary anxiety as well so if i'm not medicated i get depression and anxiety crashing down all around me all of a sudden yeah. and um Yay! It's great. <laughs> it's wonderful times. And um and I also can't focus. Like I feel like I basically just I don't know, it's like retreating into some kind of weird foggy shell mm. where you can't you can't interact with the world in the same way anymore. You're you're you it's like you can't make decisions as quickly. You can't you can't think things up as quickly. You can't do your work in a timely manner. You get distracted so often and the frustration builds very, very fast. And to me, for me, that that really contributes to the secondary depression. And that gets very bad to where I, I won't even get up out of bed. Mm. So um, if I'm medicated, I'm not depressed and I'm not overly anxious and I can make decisions and go about my life. So it is a huge life changing thing for me to have medication. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm on medication, but also I'm on a non-stimulant medication, uh, mostly because stimulants messed with my heart rate too much. Yeah. And even though um, even though nobody in my family has <laughs> heart disease um, that we know of because there were adoptions in my family, mm. too. But, you know, we don't know of anybody in my family who has ever died of a heart-related condition. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So maybe it would have been fine, but I just kind of felt like, meh, I'll go with the non-stimulant because it kind of curbs things enough. It gets rid of my depression, and that's really what yeah, I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. So. Stimulants are no joke. 
So yeah, pe- like yeah. we were saying, don't be taking them unless you need them, people. Yeah, and that's yeah. interesting too. Like, cause you know, I, yeah, I, I'm a walking ball of anxiety. It just never goes away. And uh, mm-hmm. but like, I don't have depression, mm-hmm. and so I have horrible anxiety. Some days are better than others, but at the same time, it's like I'm almost terrified to take a medication. So because if I feel normal <laughs> and then I can't take a medication again, how am I going to function? Yeah, that's terrifying. I know. That's the thing. They that's a lot. That's anxiety, isn't it? Talking right <laughs> yeah. now, like. <laughs> But it is interesting. I told though. you I'm a lacking ball of anxiety. Yeah, because when you when you get on a new medication, I mean, oh God, I've tried a lot of meds over the years, many antidepressants, you know, and so you go through this time period of getting used to that new medicine and kind of always thinking like, is that a side effect? You know, why am I grumpy? Is it from the meds? You know, and then sometimes they do kind of change you a little bit. Like when I tried Vyvanse, I think mm-hmm. Vyvanse. That's the one that's non-stimulant, right? I can't remember. Anyway. No. Vivance, Vivance is the long-acting oh, form Stratera. of Adderall. Oh, Stratera. I'm Stratera. I had to go. I, I, yep. Yeah, Stratera. I tried Stratera for a month, which is miserable. Oh, I think it was like three weeks, actually. I couldn't oh, do it. Yeah, sorry. I couldn't do it anymore. So it's like, yeah, you, you never know how you're going to react to a, a medication either. Yeah. So and yeah. Stratera is what I'm oh, on. Yeah, so. yeah. So hey, if it's working for you, then yeah, every everyone's yeah, different. Work, works for me. Yeah. But that's why it's good to see a doctor before you take something. Don't just take something your friend gave you <laughs> for all the young people listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't do I think it. I have yeah, I have kind of a suspect like I kind of suspect and I have absolutely no research to back this up garbage so this is true trash panda science science. yeah (laughs) so garbage science alert i have a suspicion that ritalin based medications are targeting more of the um uh ah shit Hmm. my brain oh man i'm gonna have a moment now um (laughs) like ritalin Ritalin the um inattentive oh yeah i think that ritalin targets more of the inattentive symptoms and like the inattentive only type ADHD people seem to bond. Like whenever I've talked to somebody about medications and they're like, oh, I'm inattentive type. They're always on, it seems like they're always on Ritalin. And um, a lot of the people that I talked to who were like, oh God, I hated Ritalin. It would just messed me up. I was a, I was an emotional mess forever Mm. And those people are either combined type or hyperactive. Interesting. And so I kind of suspect that that there that neurological difference might be what like w- what the determining factor is because the way it was explained to me, it's like oh, it's genetic and it goes along family lines and it depends on your neurology. And when I hear it depends on your neurology, that could mean like anything to me, right? Because I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Yeah what that means so you know i suspect that means that there is a difference between inattentive type and anybody who has the hyperactive component even combined types Mm -hmm. yeah i can see where that could be a connection yeah so garbage science yay i like your theory (laughs) anyway i get kind of weird on caffeine sometimes too like oh it never seems to work for me in the morning you know it never wakes me yeah, up 
coffee ca- caffeine does not wake me up mm-hmm. it does help me to like chill and focus a little mm, like yeah i kind of just go yeah. okay i can do but this it's like thing. you're still tired and though then, when you're doing it <laughs> exhausted and it makes me feel like yeah it makes me feel exhausted like the mm-hmm. my caffeine intake is directly in correlation with how exa- exhausted I yeah am. yeah Oh my god. Like gosh. it's not it's not I'm exhausted so I need caffeine. It's like I need caffeine to focus and the more I caffeine I ingest to focus, the more tired wow, I get. Wow, interesting. Huh. Oh my gosh. So what I'm hearing here is that Netflix and chill is like for neurotypicals, but Starbucks and chill is for ADHD people. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but if I have caffeine in the if I have any caffeine after like three or four o'clock in the afternoon, I will be up late. It does affect me later. It's just kind of, you know, I don't feel jittery or anything, but it just helps me. Interesting. I can go right to sleep. Uh, yeah, same. I, I drink my coffee <laughs> and just go, night. Yeah. Night. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It has almost, it's almost like drinking hot water or something like that, except that I can focus a little bit mm-hmm. better. A little bit better. Yes. A little yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and that's, that's like super interesting. And then um, what was interesting also with talking to my friend today was when they took the, you know, stimulant medications the the after it's like they said i had a hangover afterwards it was like a hangover wow and huh. they were extremely what? exhausted the next day because their neurotransmitters Whoa. were firing so fast oh, that yeah. you, they they became like exhausted mm-hmm. like oh their brain was going gosh. too fast yeah so they experienced an adhd exhaustion like from next day like, oh, yeah. you know, when, when we get really, really productive and we do 8 billion things yeah. in one day and then the next day it's yeah, always a crash. A that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Boomer bust, baby. Boomer bust. That's right. Oh, dang it. So, yeah. well, that, that must have been a cool insight into ADHD for that, neuroty- for that neurotypical person. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if they, it, yeah, but it's like, I when they said that, I was like, you got, you got a hangover. <laughs> I know, really? right? Like that's that, and, and but I guess that would be the cycle where you would want to take it again because you're tired, right? Yeah, for if people, right? Into, so and that becomes to, a pattern of addiction. Yep, for people who get hooked yeah. on it, that makes so so much exactly. Sense. When yeah. uh, when I talk to somebody who is neurotypical and they took. Um, Adderall just to see what it would do to them. Um, they didn't mention the the hangover like quality at the end, but they did mention that they thought they felt like they could do anything for hours, like like the world was their oyster, and they all of a sudden had a million ways that they could make it in the world or whatever. Wow. And and he, they were saying that like their mind just opened up like a book, and it was like the movie. Um, um, limitless mm. <laughs> like which i think is about adderall use in neurotypicals or or stimuli use in neurotypicals anyway and um and he was just saying it, it was insane it was like i had a supercharged brain and i was super intelligent and i just knew all the right things to do and it was crazy 
And I didn't want that to go away. So when I felt the effects start to wear off, it gave me panic attacks and I didn't know what to do because I felt like it was being taken Whoa. away. Something was being taken away from me. Like it was really interesting to hear that. And I was just like, huh. That's wild. So like they're just retreating back, like, you know, back into the into mm-hmm. normalcy for anybody else. But for us, it would be like high function. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it feels when you're in that flow state, you know, you're focused on something that you're doing, you're accomplishing it. You're like, man, this is great. Everything's working out. Yeah. Maybe that's what it feels like. And then you come down from that and it's just like, yeah. I don't feel like doing anything now. <laughs> like, oh shit. I'm my old no, self no. again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, but like that person, you know, they return to their self. But then, you know, it's it, it's the same thing as my my friend who's a doctor was saying. Um, it, it's like methamphetamine. If if you take a lot of methamphetamines, you get meth washout, and they're completely, oh. you know, he said uptunded, which is such a big word. But like basically, you're dull and you ha- lack all energy or you know barely able to move and he said i see a lot of that in city hospital interesting and so basically it's a what a neurotypical person would feel taking a stim an adhd stimulant drug is a milder form of what methamphetamine damn that's interesting wow and yeah. after you take meth, I heard that it can take years for your brain chemistry to return oh, to normal. I wonder if because it, ever, it, if ever. it that's what they say. Yeah, meth, because it messes once. with <laughs> not even yeah. once. Well, so, I mean, once yeah. is enough for the vast majority of people who take it. So, yeah, it's really rare to hear of somebody, and I have heard of them who are like, "Yeah, I tried it once, didn't like it, never did it again." I'm just wow. like, really. <laughs> holy crap like so but it's really rare so don't think that you're gonna be the exception yeah Yeah. um but what can we tell neurotypicals out there who are like i really need this to study i really have to pass my exams i really can't function i don't feel like i can function without Uh, this what do we tell that is the perfect segue into the next segment Mm. which is talking about the impact on individuals with adhd It's not about you, sister and brother. It's not about you getting a good grade. Let's talk about what those actions, what you doing that does to the people who actually have ADHD and require these medications. Yeah, not not cool, man. Function. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. By faking your by faking having ADHD, by going in and seeking medications. You are creating a stigmatization because now you found if you are found out that you are just seeking medication, it creates a negative, you know, stigma against people who are going for treatment for ADHD. Yeah. And everybody becomes suspect. Now, there is it, we are underdiagnosed. ADHD is chronically underdiagnosed, yeah. especially in older adult females and so Mm -hmm. by going and seeking medications when people who actually are from their heart seeking answers for their life and seeking a diagnosis 
you're creating a stigma. Whereas doctors don't even want to start. They don't even want to deal with ADHD anymore. Yeah, I know. Right. They, it's true. Yeah. They, uh, that's the vibe I've gotten from a lot of doctors is kind of like, Oh, ADHD. That's just a, that's just a fad. Let's just talk about your depression. You know, <laughs> they don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Boy, haven't yeah. I heard that? God. Sheesh. <laughs> I've heard those exact mm-hmm. words. Let's talk about your PTSD instead. Let's talk about your depression yeah, instead. Brush it off. And I'm just like, no, why don't we talk about my ADHD? Because I'm pretty it was, sure. It, yes, it was <laughs> my doctor that w- finally said, I think your depression is from your ADHD. I think that's the root there, the root problem. And it's like, oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. But if you take that that feeling after all of the Adderall wears off and and you you're exhausted and you can't you can't make decisions and you can't function like you like you normally would and and you just feel like you're bogged down and and you just you know if only you had something to pick you back yeah. up again well that's how we feel every yeah. single day yeah every single day um of an ADHD person's life is filled with frustration brain fog, mm-hmm. exhaustion, um, the inability to make executive decisions, dysfunction, restlessness, <laughs> yep. which is weird because you're restless, but you're also exhausted. So it's very uncomfortable. You might get body pains from that, um, from the combination of rest, physical restlessness and also mental and physical. Oh, exhaustion. that is the worst feeling and, when you're like that. Mm-hmm. It's torture. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. It feels it's it's a really uncomfortable place to be, especially when the world expects you not to be that way, because we're not expected to have ADHD symptoms, even though we have them. We're expected to be just like you when you neurotypicals normally function every day without Mm -hmm. Adderall. That's what we're expected to be like. But instead, we're like the version of you that happens after you've come down from Adderall and you're exhausted and feeling Mm -hmm. like crap. So please, please do not fake ADHD because it's taking medication away from people who really need it, who are like this all the time. But also, what could we, you know, what can you do to prevent even having to take it? Most people who are young, and looking for help, they're looking for study help. So if you have tutoring programs that you can take advantage of, for many colleges have tutoring centers that are available for free for their students. You can just go in, say, I'm having trouble with math. I'm having trouble with my English or my literature or my psychology or whatever it is. And they will tutor you for free. Um, spend the extra time and do the work instead of just seeking a pill that can help you do it all at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing it all at the last minute isn't a good idea anyway, because those those pieces of facts that you need to pass your tests, they don't stick around in your brain very long when you've only learned them for a week. They stick around in your brain when you practice using them over time, which is why college courses and high school, and you know, any schooling is set up to evolve over years of time because they know that that information has to be 
there has to be a foundation laid and then the next layer and then the next layer and then the next layer. And it's a building process. It's a the process of growth and you have to be patient with growth in order for growth to really happen. Otherwise your growth becomes stunted. And like if you plant carrot seeds in a container that's too small, the carrots will be all twisted and forked and they're weird. And people, you know, pull them up and laugh at them and they're like, look at this weird looking <laughs> carrot. Well, you'll turn into a weird looking carrot <laughs> if <laughs> if you just try like that's the equivalent of what your educational experience will be if you're relying on stimulant medications and last minute mm-hmm. studying it's cramming. So- is what they usually call that, I believe. I think it's just (laughs) human nature to look for those shortcuts in life, you know? And it's like, yeah, but life doesn't have shortcuts for real. Yes, exactly. That's one thing that I've learned is like, you know, like all good things require time, investment, growth, you know, hard work, and there are no shortcuts. There are no magic pills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because the pills that you guys think are magic actually have a lot of consequences yeah. attached to them in the form of, you know, potential heart problems or, you know, making it harder for somebody else to get their medication that yeah. they legitimately I need. Mean, None of that it's, feels it's a morality good. morality issue there, too, you know, like, it's icky. Yeah. Just yeah. don't do it. it is. Yeah. It's unethical. And you can, if you are found <laughs> using that kind of drug in any academic institution, you are at risk of being kicked out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, that that is also true. There are rules that um, that conflict with this behavior. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, you get caught, you could get ejected from your college or university, which would really stink because how many thousands of dollars have you invested in your education only for yeah. it to be cut short? And this sucks for um, the kids that. Yeah, college that do have ADHD and do have to take Adderall every day, like, man, that they they've got they've got an uphill battle already. Now they have to deal with the stigma of taking that medicine, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah, because people side eye you and go, "Oh yeah, I yeah, bet you yes, really need that medication, yeah. huh?" Like you know, it's when when i i can always tell when i'm dealing with somebody who's suspicious mm-hmm. like that because they just approach you differently like you're untrustworthy because you have a a mental health condition and a brain difference that requires medication it's just mm-hmm. it's terrible but if people keep abusing the system and abusing the medication as a result then it's this stigma is going to yep. worsen and you know, possibly result in legislation being passed because, you know, other people will get sick of those people who are trying to get ahead just by abusing stimulant medication. Mm -hmm. So just as legislation, like just as legislation was passed to limit it, it's a Schedule C controlled substance. Mm -hmm. So there are heavy penalties for selling it or possessing it or taking it when you are not prescribed that medication. And it is hell if God for God help you. If you lose your bottle of medication, you will not be able to get it replaced. Like it's not like you could go to your, to your doctor and be like, or the pharmacy and say, I accidentally lost my, um, my allergy medication. Could I get a replacement bottle? They won't do that with 
with control with substances. things like um riddle mm-hmm. ritalin and but, um, which it's probably um, something that happens all the time though because if you have adhd you're always losing shit yeah. so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but then you know too long too bad for you uh, so sad you go without your medication until the next month when you can refill it again uh, it's just like pain medications yeah yeah. It's a frustrating situation. But, yeah. 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 And I'm tired of seeing it in the news. I'm tired of seeing documentaries made where physicians are, they're, they're putting, you know, hidden cameras on physicians who are prescribing ADHD medications and saying, look, it's overprescribed and things like that. No, it isn't. We have a shortage of it. And people who don't need it should not be mm-hmm. using it. It's an ethical mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. It is an ethical issue, especially because that entire problem is rooted in the hatred of people with oh, disabilities ableism. to begin yeah. with. So, yeah, absolutely. It is ableism. Um, and it's really ableist to assume that you have the right to this medication when you don't have the underlying neurology mm-hmm. to support it. So. Yep. If you are going out there and saying, I feel entitled to use this simply because it helps me out mm-hmm. on my homework. No, no, not okay. no, 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 baby girl. You need to realign your thinking yep. process <laughs> because the rest of us here who do have ADHD and and we're actually a pretty small percentage of the world population. I mean, yeah. the people who really need this are few and far between. So if a doctor's office has 20% of their clientele as ADHD people, I could see how that would be raising red flags when only 6% of the world population mm-hmm. has ADHD. And of you that know, 6% of the world with ADHD, not everybody needs medication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily feel like I mm-hmm. need medication. I can function Sometimes it's hard, but I can function mm-hmm. without it. And so out of that 6%, not everybody needs it, but the people who do need it really right. need it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, yeah. I, oh, like I can, I can tell you, I really yeah. need that. Like it's, I'm so glad that it helps you that much. It would be. Yeah, I am too, because it was so frustrating. And I I had gotten to a, you know, kind of depression that was so low. It was it was pretty bad. And and I knew I needed help. And I, you know, went in for counseling. And, and it just wasn't like some people can counsel themselves out of depression. But when you have depression as a secondary to ADHD, that problem is not going to go away. It's not a matter of just getting into a better headspace or retraining your thought process to think kinder thoughts. It's, you know, you can't retrain your brain to, you know, to perform better to create at the level of ADHD. It's just kind of how you are. Yeah. Yeah. You can't train your brain to burp out more dopamine. You just can't. Well, I mean, your body makes your body makes enough dopamine. The problem is you don't have the neurotransmitters to get the dopamine. So oh, it's yeah. not like you can. Sorry, I had it backwards. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's not like you can create new neural paths, you know, neurotransmitters in your uh, brain and get all that dopamine. Yeah. I mean, no, no. That's, that's not how it works. With the research coming out with psychedelics, you know, and... Uh, psilocybin yeah. it, it, it does seem like there's some evidence that it might help with 
you know, regenerating neurons and making new neural pathways. Yeah, I've read a lot yeah. of... It's fascinating. Yeah, I've read a lot of really fascinating studies yeah. on it. So that that is definitely something. But, you know, we want to get into a world... You know, we 6% of the population has ADHD that's diagnosed. We do not know mm -hmm. undiagnosed. And we don't know how many of those mm -hmm. diagnosed are actually are actually have ADHD. That's, you know, it's a statistic and there's not, you can't be 100% sure mm -hmm. of a statistic. However, mm -hmm. what we do know is that ADHD is a thing. It is, you can see it on on MRIs, you can there. There's actual brain chemistry that you can read. There are brain studies that you can do. It, it's not a. It's fake, real. It's not a fake thing. It's real. And mm -hmm. how are we going to deal with the fact that there is a significant part of the population, you know, that has this mm -hmm. and what are we going to do as a society to make adhd neuro neurodivergent people and neurotypical people how are we going to work this out to be uh, to be able to like come together and work as a successful society i don't know you man know? yeah because society needs ADHD people. Yeah. We're, we're all the ones working in the hospitals and the police departments and the ambulances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're the ones with the energy to keep going, going, going. We come up with creative solutions in times That's of right. crisis. We are excellent business leaders. Some of some of the most amazing business leaders in the world mm -hmm. have ADHD. And you know, the the world needs us. We are a vital piece of the picture for society. We come up with innovative ideas and technology yep. and we need to be able to function in the world so that we can keep creating all of those awesome things for everybody else. Yeah. So if our medication hmm. is being fucked with by people who just want to get yeah. an A just because they like, you know, they didn't take the time to study properly for the rest of the year come on guys, like, you know, let's, let's work this out. Let's find a different way for neurotypicals to succeed without taking medication yeah. that's not meant for them and potentially becoming addicted and potentially having heart problems and potentially changing the entire course of their lives over one class. Not worth it. Outcome. <laughs> so not worth it. So if you know somebody who is not taking AD, who is taking ADHD medication, but not for the right reasons. Just, it, it's hard to have mm -hmm. the talk with them, but I think we need more ADHD people to step up and say, hey, I know that you really want to succeed and I know that you're competitive and I know that, you know, that this is important to you, but my medication is important to me. And I could lose that if more people yeah. keep abusing that. If people come at it from a, an empathetic point of view where you're identifying with the needs of that person, you know that they want to be good at what they're doing. But please, you know, consider the outcome for your friend who really needs that medication mm -hmm. just to function. Like we need to start talking 
about this face-to-face with people, not over Twitter, not over Facebook, but real conversations, heartfelt, face-to-face, because people need to know that you're not mad at them, you don't hate them, you don't wish them ill because they're doing what they're doing, but at the same time, it's creating a problem. They're adding to a big problem. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So... The bet and and the more personal we can make these conversations, the better. Because nobody likes to be sniped at in 120 words over Twitter or, you know, gone off on and dogpiled mm-hmm. over Facebook. Nobody responds to that very well. I mean, I think we all, or at least I learned that during the Trump era where people were dogpiling on each other online and calling it social justice activism or whatever, yeah. social justice Nobody's warriors. Listening. You they don't know, listen to that. They it don't just, receive that well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At first, it it, it might have worked at first in a few situations, but over time, it just became a barrage of hatred and an excuse to behave poorly when you normally yep. wouldn't. <laughs> so, um, so. so let's reverse that, that Trump era hatred train and get on a better track, personalize these things from the heart. And we'll just see where it goes. We'll see if we can work together to come up yep. with those solutions. Yeah. yeah. So if you're out there listening, thank you. We really appreciate you. Um, big. I wish I could give you a high five, but, you know, I'd, I'd just be <laughs> slapping this microphone and and it just it sounds yeah. like this. So <laughs> so it's which probably sounds stupid. I don't know. Annette's going to tell me later <laughs> once she has to edit it out. Uh, but, thank you for everyone. <laughs> but thank you for listening um big uh verbal hug yay and puzzle tub